Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful every time. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't promise to show up sometimes when you felt like it or when we played the right notes or when we sang hard enough. Lord, you promised you are there. You inhabit our praises. That wasn't a sometimes statement. You said where two or three are gathered, I am there. You said, I am with you always. So today, Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to do life alone. That we don't have to come up with our own strength and our own confidence, but Lord, you promised to give that to us. And so today we receive that and we step into that, Lord. We say yes and amen to that. Amen. You guys receive that today? Amen. Wow. Thank you guys so much for having us here today. Um, it's such an honor. We've had, like I said earlier, such an incredible. Thanks again, Bradley and Veronica. Great job, you guys. Woo! Sweet. They got they gotta help out with the kids. So um it's yeah, it's it's been an incredible weekend. I love to see at the beginning of uh these weekends, the first uh, the first night, you see the looks in people's eyes are like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if, what they're going to make us do. And then when the the change from that look to the, the end of uh, last night was just incredible. You could see the lights going off. You could see people like feeling more confident in who they are in Christ and that they do hear the voice of God and that God does use them to speak to other people. So it was uh, such an incredible weekend, and I know God is has already done an amazing thing this morning, and we'll continue to do that. So we're really excited. So uh, Marissa, I'm going to have Marissa come up. She has a word uh, that she wants to release, and then uh, we get another opportunity to enter into something the Lord's speaking. So, Hello, I'm Marissa. <laughs> um, Ty and Deneen asked me to share something, and I was like, oh, gosh. But then instantly when they said that, um, I just kept hearing the word joy, 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 and I was like, okay. So as we were worshiping and just, I'm listening, um, I just felt like he kept saying, the uh, joy of the Lord is my strength. And just over and over, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so I just wanted to release that. I felt like um, he was pouring his oil of joy over all of you guys and that his joy is your strength in this time, in this season, but it's also something that's just going to be so over, like, flowing out of you guys that even it's going to change this um, city. So I just want to release that. I just declare right now just the oil of joy over every person in this place, God, that your um, joy strengthens them in this time, God, in this season, regardless of circumstances. Um, they would just continue to hear your voice and continue hearing you say over them, my joy is your strength, my joy is your strength. And so, yeah, I just declare that right now. Man, that's powerful. So there were a couple things that had been on our hearts to um, to speak today, and uh, we weren't sure exactly. There was, oh, I'm like, how do they really fit together? And then I just really felt like this first one's going to be really short. It's, it's actually more of a prophetic word that I believe the Lord wants for us all to enter into. It's not, um, 
Yeah, so um, the Lord laid on my heart the story of Moses uh, when he came before the burning bush. We're all familiar with that story. God spoke to him and told Moses, who had been uh, separated from his people for a long time, and God says, you're going to go back and you're going to lead them out of Egypt. And um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was that place where he was at. Um, it says Mount Horeb, which is another name for Mount Sinai, which is where the Ten Commandments were given. And there's a whole other story there that ties in. But I felt like some of us struggle with some of the things that Moses did in that moment where the Lord called him to do this great thing. And uh, he started giving the Lord a bunch of excuses of why he can't do it. He felt like he didn't have the right tools. He had a stick in his hand. He didn't feel like people would actually listen to him. He's like, who am I? I'm going to go. And how do they even really know that I have this authority? I don't think anyone's really going to listen to me. I feel small. I feel my voice is weak. No one's going to listen to me. And then the last thing is, he started just disqualifying himself because of his deficiencies. He says, I can't. I stumble over my words. And so I think we can all identify with some or all of those things, excuses that we give the Lord in our lives and why we don't necessarily step up into some things that we know that he's calling us into. Because we lack the faith at times to believe that he wants to use us in a significant way. And I believe the Lord today wants to have us step into a new level of faith and confidence when he asks us to do things. And our confidence isn't because, not because we don't have deficiencies, we do. We have shortcomings. Sometimes we do look at the resources in our hands, and all it is is a stick. Like, Lord, how can you use a stick? And then oftentimes, our voices are small. But you know what the cool thing is? That really is irrelevant. Because if God's calling you to do something, he's not just saying, hey, go and do that thing and fail. No. He's calling you to do something. Because he's commissioned you to do it, and his power and his authority backs you up. Oftentimes, we go to different places, and we do prepare, and we do do things as excellently as we possibly can, because I do believe that is a principle. But oftentimes, I also leave plenty of opportunities in what we're going to do in just Lord, you're going to have to fill in a lot of gaps here because, number one, I don't want to come so prepared that I'm not allowing you to move in the middle of this circumstance because even if we do are gifted and even if we feel like we are prepared, the tendency at times is to rely on that versus relying on the Lord. And so even today... We step in. We feel a little deficient in certain things. I'm tired, but I know God, his strength is sufficient for the moment. And I know at times I feel 
like Moses where I stumble over words and I, I, I'm not eloquent. And yet I know that because God's called us to be here this morning, his grace is sufficient and it's almost irrelevant what's coming out of my mouth because it's going to be the power and authority that he has commissioned me to go and do this. And so not everyone is called to speak in front of a bunch of people, but everyone is called to bring transformation to their families and their neighborhoods and their work and their schools. And can we believe and can we have a confidence to know that God can go above and beyond our deficiencies or what we think we have or the things that we lack or the, our voice being small? Can we believe for that today? I just want to add something to that. After that conversation with the Lord, um, God says to him, um, he actually says, who am I? Moses is saying who I am to do that. And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And, and then Moses is like, well, how will they know that I sent you? And God says, tell them I am sent you. So he is not worried about Moses and what Moses carried or what Moses had or what Moses was to Moses. Who he is trumps anything, uh, any deficiency that we see. But Moses was focused on himself. And I think that the, the opportunity, the invitation is to see the greatness of God, to see who he is, that he says he is who he is, and that's more than enough. And if our focus is there, um, and no matter what, what we have, it's funny that it's a stick and he's like, what's in your hands? Sometimes what's in our hands is ourselves. Just ourselves. There's no stick. Sometimes there's no stick. Sometimes there's just you. And then the Lord will say, is saying to you, go. And you're like, but I don't have it. He says, I am who I am. And that's what, do we believe he is who he says he is? The enemy will always bring it down to who is greater, the circumstance or Jesus. And really we have, that's already got to be decided that he is who he is. And so this morning, if there's deficiency in any area, if you are feeling really small, if you feel like your voice has been muzzled, you get to throw that off because it's not about your voice, it's about Christ in you, the hope of glory and the I am being more sufficient for you than what you you think you have. It's not I-powered, it's him-powered. So I just want to encourage you as we move into that. Sorry, I just totally went off there. No. There you go. Don't apologize. That's, I'm just going to sit here and, and listen to you. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. so we no, say to, please. we say for us, <laughs> we say for us, and you need to say for you, and I actually think that we should declare this. Let's all stand up. I think, I think it is because, you know, yeah, we are tired, but we're not here for us. We're here to serve. We're here for what he wants, and it's his agenda, and he is who he is. And so I just want us to raise our hands, and on the count of three, I want you to declare, I believe you are who you say you are. One, two, three. I believe you are who you say you are. We just thank you, Jesus, that you are greater than any circumstance we're experiencing. You are greater than all things. This is already decided. We step into that greatness. We magnify you in the circumstance. We magnify you in our bodies. We magnify you and our gaze is fixed and set on the author and the finisher of our faith. And we just believe in you, Jesus, that nothing is impossible for you. No mountain, no person, no anything that stands in our way is impossible for you to move. And we set our gaze right now on you. We receive the fullness of all you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Now high-five somebody and sit down. <laughs>
high fives are fun. So how many know that our yes is powerful? How many know that our yes is powerful? But how many know that our no can be just just the opposite, detrimental? Now, this isn't a heavy word. I really don't want to make, make sure that you don't hear this in heaviness. But in that same story, um, Moses made a bunch of excuses, right? And he said, please some, send someone else. And I think there was something that was deposited in that ground that we come full circle when the children of Israel were in that exact same spot. And the Lord invited the entire nation up to the mountain. And what did they say? Send someone else. Send, send a representative. We don't feel worthy. So as powerful as our yes is to the Lord that he can use us, there's something that's deposited in the ground when we do say no or we feel unqualified and we just say, Lord, use someone else. There's something that's deposited in that ground that creates an atmosphere of unbelief for other people to enter into. And I, I for one, do not want to set that atmosphere. I want an atmosphere of faith wherever I go. So even though you may feel like you're going to stumble and fall, if the Lord's calling you to do something, maybe a little out of the box or something that's out of your comfort zone, trust me, God will have your back. And it'll be powerful. It'll be powerful for you. It'll be powerful for people who are around you. It'll be powerful for your family. You're setting a tone and an atmosphere of faith for your household. You're setting a tone of atmosphere and faith for your church, for your workplace. Wherever it is you're saying your yes to, you are creating that atmosphere through your yes. Amen? All right. You can do it this time. I'm just going to introduce ourselves because we didn't. We just jumped in. So <laughs> this is my husband, Ty. Hi. I'm Deneen. We have two awesome kids, Trenton and Kylie, who aren't with us today. Um, and obviously, Marissa Trujillo, she's our um, very dear friend, but also our pastor's daughter. And um, we're out of Father's House Portland, or Father's House Ministries in Portland, Oregon. And um, yeah, so that's a little bit about us, our son, just graduated, and he's starting university here in the fall. So we're in awesome family transition space. And, um, yeah, we're just honored to be here this morning with you guys. So thanks for having us. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, so uh, we meet uh, our church back in Portland, Oregon. How many been to Portland, Oregon? Yeah, a lot of us here. Um, yeah, if you're ever in the area, look us up. But... Uh, we meet downtown Portland, which is the home of a lot of amazing people. Um, and uh, we also meet uh, in downtown on the campus of Portland State University. And so the Lord oftentimes has us do some kind of crazy things on the streets and as we encounter people. And, and, and the Lord has, like, given us a, a, a crazy amount of influence by just serving as much as we can. We go out and we, we bless people. We, we, uh, every week we go out and... We give away socks to the homeless, opportunities to pray over them and to see healings. And then we also have teams that go out and just their purpose is just to pray over people and see the miraculous happen. And it happens. 
it's not like, oh, maybe one of these days. There's, there was, there's been a breakthrough in that, and I believe the more we contend and the more we push in with these things, there's a breakthrough for us all. It's not just for a select few in, a, in, a, in Portland, Oregon. It is for us all to enter into. And so I encourage you, just keep on pressing in where you want to see victories. The victory will be had. Um, but where we're at, and I guess this isn't really unique to us, it really doesn't matter what your Where you are, what city you're at, what part of town you're at, we're all called to be a courageous people and to stay strong in the middle of pushback and adversity. And I I believe the Lord today wants us, uh, wants to remind us again of that very thing. As we were praying about this morning, uh, we heard the the that uh, that scripture. Be strong and courageous, which is found in Joshua. It's the story of Joshua. We were just talking about Moses, and Moses had an incredible life. God used him mightily, uh, but it was time to transition. It was time for him to die, and so he just passed away, and the Lord was commissioning a new leader. And this is when the scripture comes up. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. We're going to read out of Joshua 1, and we're just going to camp there for a little while. Specifically, the verses uh, starts with six. I'm going to read it really quickly. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people. By the way, this is the Lord speaking, and he's speaking to Joshua. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right, to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What an incredible, incredible verse. And I believe the Lord has this for this house today to step into. And there's a few different things that uh, the Lord talked to, uh, talked to Joshua about in the middle of this. And we're going to touch on three of those points that I believe in this season God is calling the house to stay strong and stay courageous in, even in the middle of any kind of adversity, because if we stay strong and true to this, this is when we enter in to all the promises that God has over you personally, over you in your house, and over us corporately. And even as a city, because I believe you guys here in this, in this church are a catalyst church for the city. We found that it doesn't take thousands and thousands and thousands of people to transform a city. It takes a few people who say, who dare to dream and dare to believe that God can use them. And I believe that is you guys. You guys are a catalyst church to see transformation come to this city. Do you, can you guys believe that? 
So regardless of the season you're in, you know, God takes us through different seasons. Sometimes we have seasons of rest. Sometimes we have seasons of warfare. But regardless of what's really going on, it's important to remember that we always need to maintain this attitude and this posture of being strong and courageous. Otherwise, our guard can be let down. When we know the story of David, it says when kings normally go to war, he decided to stick back and rest. So we need to always, not necessarily we're always in a state of war, but even when we are in warfare, there's a place of rest in the middle of that that God is calling us to that is wrapped around with strong, being strong and courageous. And just as a reminder, you can come in anytime you want as well. She has permission to interrupt. So she interrupts, I'm not offended. And if I am, I'll let her know on the way home. And vice versa. I, there's a good chance I'll, I'll offend her. It's okay. And, uh, Fivefold ministry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, you want to tell about that I story? do want to actually just say something. that um, If you actually read that, those verses in Joshua 1 that we just read, it's interesting. It says, um, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left, then you will be successful in all you do. And the next verse says, study the book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it, and then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. We think be strong and courageous, automatically like, okay, I have to be strong and courageous. That will last you two seconds. The Lord wants to make you strong and courageous. And part of the way that that happens is this meditation on his word. The book of instruction then was what God had said. But in our time, we have the Bible, the living word of God. And I'm going to tell you, if you need strength for the journey, if you need to be strong and courageous, which you've been commanded to do, then you need to be in the word of God. And the only way that that will actually happen where you meet enemies and you don't run. In fact, you're like David and you run towards your enemy in order to take them out because you know who God is for you. It starts right here with the word of God. So I just want to say that when we're saying be strong and courageous, we're not saying muster up your courage and try to overtake something in your own strength. We're saying Listen to the word of the Lord, open your ears, open your heart, open the word, read it, and be strong and strengthened in your being. Let the living word and the bread of life sustain you and move you forward. And then when you do that, what happens? To me, automatically, if I'm in the word of God, my perspective shifts from looking at trying to figure out circumstances to looking at him. So when I'm looking at him, it's just like we talked about in the who am I thing. Looking at him, I'm not looking at my solutions. I'm looking at what are you going to do about it and how do I align with it. And that changes the size of your circumstance. It changes the perspective. To me, it, um, I'm sorry, I'm taking the time I'm going to say this, but it changes just like the, um, the children of Israel before they went into the promised land, they spied it out. And the spies come, come back, and, you know, 10 of them have this horrible report, and 12 of them ha- two of them have a good one. And the, the bad report was we were as grasshoppers in our own eyes. Just listen to that. It wasn't we are as grasshoppers in their eyes. It was in our own eyes because our perspective was so overwhelmed by what we saw 
as a giant, and we were not so engaged in who God was that we were terrified of that, but we were more terrified of our inability. And I just want to point this out, that if we're looking at Jesus, we're transformed in his image. We take on his character, his nature, his limitlessness, and move into faith and apprehend all he has for us. So I just want to say that. That's really good. And you know what it also is? It was the second point. That was awesome. So we don't even have to oh, do good. that now. So I, I'm okay. not reading his notes. No, his, it's all good. You know, because you know, it. sometimes I like to be a little linear, but she's like, oh, over here's good, and then over here's good, <laughs> and it all works itself out. So that's amazing. I don't even have to do that. So that was awesome. Thanks. And it was powerful. But the, there are like three things. Are you tracking with us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I want to make this point. Uh, before, okay, so Joshua, like Denise was saying, the, the spies that went into the land, uh, we're familiar with that story. Joshua is one of those people. Right before that, Joshua was not Joshua. He had a different name. Uh, Moses actually renamed him. His name before that was Hosea. And uh, the Lord, like, I, I didn't actually really know that until a couple years ago. I saw that. And, and there was something about that that was really interesting that caught my attention. That I'm like, okay, Lord, there's something there. And so I looked up the name of Hosea, uh, which is a great name. It's cool. Uh, but it means, oh, save. Just like, Hosea, it's like a petition for God to come and save. But then when you look at the name of Joshua, and the name of Joshua means God, Yahweh, is my salvation. And there was a stark contrast between like, God, please save, to God is my salvation. And I believe that through today and through this season for you guys, this is the transition that I believe the Lord wants to take all of our perspectives on is from a place of saying, God can save, God please save, God, yes, we need you to save, to God is my salvation, God has saved me, and God will do this. How much faith does it say that God can do something? Nothing. There's no faith in that statement. I mean, I could say that Joe Schmo can do something. It doesn't, it's irrelevant. It's a can. Well, that means you might not. You might. There's no faith involved with that. There's a faith that says God is going to heal the cancer. And that's the transition that the Lord is taking us on in this season, was a, a transition that says God can do something or, you know, if it feels like it or this time around. No. God is my salvation. I'm going to stand on that truth and on that rock. God will heal. God will save. God will see the city of Abbotsford transformed into the likeness of him. His glory will be displayed in this city. Not like, well, maybe he'll come to this city or maybe he'll come to this city. No, God is and God will, and he is doing right now. He's bringing his glory through you and I to this city so he can get his full reward. That is our heart. He died so he could get his full reward. Not that some places can stay as slums, but he wants everything transformed into his glory. Amen? I just want to tag on just a, a little bit, and I don't, I'm not going to derail it too far, but I did want to add this little extra. When God gives us personally 
promises and inheritance, it's not intended to stay with us. It's actually intended to be fulfilled in order to multiply outside of us into the realms of, of the spheres of influence we touch, the people that we touch, the cities that we touch, all the places. So when we're being transformed on the inside, it actually has to flow through us, and then it transforms everywhere we walk around us. And so I just want us to get this, the actual mindset shift, because what Ty is talking about is really important, when the, the God can versus the God is. See, we get in into a place where our experiences begin to define for us who God is. And that's so dangerous because then God can be something different tomorrow than he is today. And how many of you know the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So if he says he is, and so when he says, I am the I am, and he says to you, this is who I say you are, it's not up for argument whether we feel like it or not. Whether we think we see it or not, it has to be true in our understanding that we are becoming like him, we are stepping into, but we grab hold of who he says we are, and we start the process of coming towards him while he's on the shore calling us. You understand what I'm saying? And everything that we step into along the way is intended to multiply out. So if you think about a water ripple, when when you drop a a rock into the water, it ripples out, and, and you can see the ripples go out, right? The ripple effect. So as we walk as transformed people, as Jesus transforms the inner side of us, the outer side is being transformed as we're walking. So we're seeing transformation happen. And we have to be careful that we don't put a um, definition of success on it that is man-made. There's a kingdom version of success. I think about for our church, we went through, um, a, a season. we're downtown Portland. We're like right in the heart of the city. And a lot of churches are in suburbia. And you, it takes a, a, a special type of person that wants to pioneer the work that says, you know, we're going to go down to the darkest place. And for a lot of people, they don't want to do that. But when and we, the parking's inconvenient. And, the par- and it's inconvenient. And it costs you something. It costs you. And actually, let me, this is a life message of mine. Look, if someone told you that Christianity didn't cost you anything, they lied to you. It cost you your life. It cost you your life laid down for the sake of picking up his. So let me just give you that for free. <laughs> but I'm sorry. But on, on, the, on the side of this, we had this point where we only had like 25 people sitting here. We didn't have like 300 member church, you know, and all these other churches had a thousand. And when you go to Christian conventions, they say, well, how many people do you have in your church? They judge success by how many butts are in the pews. And the Lord really challenged us. There was a point we had to shift our mindset. We had to ask the Lord, what does success look like for us as your children in the place that you've planted us in their land of assignment? He said to us, it looks like your neighborhood transformed. It looks like your city transformed. So we then decided that is what we measure our success by. We're not going to be worried about if there's five or ten people, although there will be because as God moves, people come in, right? But that's not the ultimate line of success. The ultimate line of success is how transformed is every place that you walk? And how transformed are you in the image of Christ? good. I should just, why don't you just keep it going? 
That's good. I'm, I'm tagging off of you. It's we actually good. don't have a lot of time to, to touch on all the points, so I'm just going to touch on them really quickly, and then because uh, I, I believe these are key things in this season of staying strong and courageous. The first one uh, that, that God is talking to Joshua about is found in verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. First of all, you have to understand that you... How do I phrase this? Um, life's not all about you. <laughs> I, it, I'm sorry. Is that a just saying? Just saying. <laughs> just saying. That maybe it makes it softer. Life's just not saying. all about you. What we're entering into has been contended for yeah. for generations past right. and will continually be contended for for future generations. What that means is we get to partake of things that we didn't sow. We get to reap in promises that we didn't sow. However, we'll also sow into things that other people get to reap. But if we get this perspective that, you know, it's all about us here in this time. See, the Lord promised this to Joshua's ancestors way back, but Joshua got to enter into it at that point. But there are also things that Joshua didn't get to enter into as well. In fact, Hebrews, I think it's 11, talks about all these here was the faith that had all these things happen to it. At the end of that chapter, it said, and, and none of them fully saw what they were promised. So why? So we can be a part of that process of what they were promised. And so we have to understand that our lives should be laid down to a point where the generations above us, this is, this is their platform. We're building something for other people to build on. So if we have a, a perspective that God's call in my life and our lives and this church's lives starts and ends with our time here on earth, our individual times here on earth, you are so short-sighted. It's not... It is about you, but it's not about you. We're part of something much larger. We're part of something much grander, much greater. And what an honor and what a privilege it is that we all get to play a part. And it's amazing, but we have to understand, too, that we are not just building for a temporary finite thing. We're building for other people to build upon. And if you think Jesus is going to come in 10 years so you, don't, you can just be lazy and not do anything, well, that's, you, can, you have that right. That's fine. But I choose to continually to build, choose to build something for the next generations to build onto, for the next generations to build onto. Otherwise, we're going to compromise ourselves, compromise our call. God has called us all to bring his kingdom come here on this earth as it is in heaven. And if we think that heaven's going to come in 10 years, then we're just going to say, what's the point? We're just going to sit back and wait till it happens. No, it's going to come because you say yes to it. Deneen did an amazing job with point two when um, the Lord said, be strong and courageous, and he talked about being intimately acquainted with the Word of God. And it's important for us in this season not to get swayed because there's a lot of doctrines out there. How many have heard all the crazy stuff? There's a lot of crazy stuff out there. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some things that I believe that's a little crazy, but I will say this. Uh, it's biblically based. There's a lot of stuff out there that says, oh, we got a bunch of teaching. We're going to have this whole amazing weekend come. Oh, don't, you don't need to bring your Bibles. It's okay. Because this is just fresh revelation. It's not found. 
Okay, I do believe that, yeah, I, I don't know how, I don't know if I want to open that up because we don't have time to go there. But all the, all, the point is this, know the word. And how many know that the word isn't just the written things in, in this book right here? We also know that we serve the living word, Jesus. So if you don't know him, that's who we're supposed to be intimately acquainted with. And if you don't know the written Jesus, I encourage you, get to know it. Get to know it. Let it be a part of you. Just become, that's an invitation that he has for us all there and then with him as well. He doesn't contradict his word. He doesn't. I'm hitching my wagon. I'm hitching to his wagon. I guess it's his wagon. So anyways, I just want to say that when it comes to uh, Anything revelatory, anything that um, is spiritual gifts, anything that is by the Holy Spirit. Look, the reality is the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. If it doesn't reveal Jesus and it points to people, you're in the wrong place. There is such, um, I am very passionate about the fact that there is such a pendulum swinging to extreme to extreme and there's no balance with the word of God in the middle of the thing. And God's people are are, are running to fresh revelation that... Look, there's nothing new under the sun. There really isn't. There's, revel- there's illumination. There's illumination of who Jesus is that is coming, that is being, being brought fresh. It's, it's, a, it's the light coming on in the hearts of men to receive the king of kings. It's, it's not a new Jesus. It's not a new version of who Jesus is. It's, an, it's supposed to be an illumination of the way, the truth, and the life. And so when someone is telling you that there is, um, you could go to heaven and tell Jesus what you want, and he's going to make it happen for you, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, I, and people might be mad at me for this, and I'm just going to tell you that the truth is that God invites us up to where he is, yeah. not for us to tell him what to do, but for us to hear what he has to say and decree his decrees on yeah. the earth so that the earth is filled with his glory, Amen. not our desires. Amen. So I'm just saying, the stuff, the stuff that, that is the doctrine of demons, it takes our focus off of who Jesus is and puts a focus on what we can do. It is totally rooted in the wrong thing, and it's not in the word of God. So don't get into those camps. Do what this says. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Look at Jesus. If he wants you to do something, he will tell you. He, you if you set your heart to seek him with your whole being, with every part of you, if you are on, the, on your face, on the ground, saying, Lord, move in my life, change me. I want to have your kingdom come. Your will be done. He will answer that call. He will reveal himself to you. You don't have to go to someone else to get that. Yes, we need to be trained. I'm not saying any of that stuff. Yes, it's great to have training and teaching. But there's also the place where you personally have to encounter the living word for yourself. David could not have defeated Goliath if he used Saul's armor. Saul tested it. David didn't. He couldn't wear it. It was too heavy for him. He would have lost that fight. So you got to know him for yourself first 
God answered, there's a call. He's standing in front of each of us saying, will you come and be with me? I just want you to come and be with me. I want you to know me. I don't want you just to know about me. I want you to know me. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know my vision. I want you to know the purposes I have for you so that you can go and influence the world with my glory and transform it. Yeah. Could go at this all day, <laughs> probably, because like just the spirit is so strong right now. I just, I really just feel like he's moving and he's inviting. There's such an invitation. I can just feel like his heart for all of you. There's yeah. such an invitation yeah. to come in to the secret place and to really know him, the word, the one that brings life, the one that resurrects the dead places. And I, I feel that there are people here that have had broken dreams, broken things, but somewhere along the way, the focus went off Jesus and onto the promise, or the focus went off Jesus and onto what you had. And God is saying, just turn your gaze to me, and I will restore you. He is the restorer. He's the restorer. He is the I am the I am. I am that I am. So we have to understand we're, we're part of something bigger. We have to keep eternity in, in sight. We have to keep the generations in sight. We have to be intimate with the word. And the last thing that God um, talks to Joshua about, he says, don't give, don't give a home for fear to camp out. Do not fear. I love that he starts and he ends this entire thing with saying, um, I'm going to be with you. And we have that promise. We started this whole thing off with, it's an amazing promise that he's promised to be with us regardless. We don't have to do this. We don't have to live our lives by ourselves. We don't have to try to figure out on our own. We don't have to do it in our own strength. He's promised to be with us. I'm, I'm with you. Amen. God's telling you today, I'm with you. Just don't give fear home because anytime we give fear home, um, we give it authority because it becomes part of our identity. But if we see fear for what it is, we can reject it. We can say, oh, no, that's, that's an attack of the enemy. Because anytime we give fear a home, it, it does begin to start affecting the way we view life, the way we do things. And so today, God wants to fill us with a fresh infusion of his, his love and awareness of his presence, because in his presence, fear cannot be there. Because what is that? Who's God? He says, I'm love. And his perfect love, it casts all, all fear. So as God, as we continue to know his love more, as we know his presence more, there's not going to be a place in our life where, where fear can actually land. It's going to say, Woo, oh, there's nothing there. I'll just keep on going. But we have to guard ourselves, and that's why God was telling Joshua about this. One really short story, and then we're going to close. There was this scientist that did this uh, test with these lab rats. Um, what he did was he grabbed a, a, a container full of water, and the rats couldn't touch the bottom 
of the container and they couldn't reach the, the top. And the uh, scientists put the, the rats in one at a time just to see how long they could swim before they just, I don't have enough strength. It sounds pretty gross or like whatever. That, I guess he didn't have anything else to do that day. So I was like, hey, let's, let's play around with rats. <laughs> So he found that these rats, they just swam and swam. They kind of went from you know, side to side, just couldn't find anything to do, couldn't touch the bottom, couldn't get to the top. And he said, on average, the rats swam for 15 minutes before they just gave up. So he did this and got a, you know, however many he did it with. And then he decided to do something. He said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to test, obviously, different rats because as they gave up the... I imagine they died. I don't know. I don't have any love lost for rats. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, were, we were just having a, an interview the other day downtown, and this rat just comes right by the name. Like, like, whoa, that was a giant rat right next to, right in the middle of the city. It was awesome. Anyway, so he decided to, this, this, the same container, put these rats in and watching them. And as soon as they gave up, he actually reached down, grabbed the rat, pulled him out, for about a minute, put the rat back in. And he found that if he did that, the rats would keep on swimming. Do you know how long they would swim for? Now, mind you, the average rat, without being saved, died in 15 minutes. The rats that he did save and then put back the water in just a couple minutes later, do you know how long they would swim on average? No. 40 hours. That gives you an illustration of how powerful hope is. And I believe the Lord today, I know we've gone through different things, and we are struggling for different things, and we feel like we just keep on pressing up against something, and, uh, you know, just feel, almost feel like giving up because it doesn't seem like there's been a breakthrough. Or whatever we did see, it didn't end up the way we thought it should have. And I hear the Lord today wants to come and give us just a fresh infusion of his hope. He tangibly wants to come and fill us with his hope and his faith, his courage, and his love today. I need that. Denise needs that. Your pastors need that. And you need that. I don't care who you are in this room. We all need that. Because that's what gives us the courage to sustain through the difficult times. Because I'm, I'm telling you now, we still go through hard times. We still go through struggles. But if we do give a home to fear or hopelessness, we're going to give up. But if we grab a hold of the Lord, knowing that he has us in his hands, say, Lord, just come fill me again with your hope your courage, he does that. Amen? If that's you today, I'm, actually, I don't care. I want everyone to stand up. And Denine has one more thing before just, we do that. I just want to add this. Yeah, and you can stand up. It's fine. I won't be long. Well, I can't promise that. But no, I won't be long. <laughs> so um, I just heard when, when he was speaking, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me, that um, there's many people that have exper are experiencing shame and condemnation for feeling fear. And 
the Lord, I just feel the Lord wants to drop this truth on you that it's not wrong to feel fear. It's wrong to let fear tell you what to do. So fear, it's not that we ignore that there's fear. It's not that you can't be aware that there's fear. It's about allowing it to come in and consume you versus who Jesus is. That's when the problem is. And and I really believe that the Lord wants to actually deliver, lift off. Not deliver in like um, this horrible sense that we get this nasty connotation, but just actually bring the weight of shame off of and condemnation, because what, what the enemy does is he goes, here's fear. Oh, you felt it. Oh, you felt fear. You felt fear, so you're fearful. And it becomes identity. You felt fear, so you are not a good Christian. But that's not what God says. God says, look at me. I'll give you everything you need. Don't let that tell you what to do. I'm going to give you the instruction. Don't turn to the right or to the left, and that's more than enough for you. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. This stuff, this tape that's playing, that's constantly playing, and I feel like in Christian circles it plays even more. Because we, we talk a good theology game, but when it comes to experience, a lot of times we get, we get confused when we start to feel things that we think we shouldn't feel. And a lot of that stuff, honestly, the word devil, we think it just means liar, is actually, if you look it up, it means to cast over. He's casting thoughts over to you. It's the first definition. He's casting thoughts to you that aren't your thoughts, emotions to you that aren't your emotions, dreams to you that aren't your dreams. He's waiting for you to say, that's mine. I'm going to identify with it. But God wants to deliver you from that today. He wants to deliver shame. He He wants to get rid of that. He says, there's no shame in my love. My love is enough. My love surrounds you. There's freedom. And I really feel it so strongly that God wants to bring a fresh wind to blow that stuff out. So if that's you, I swear, actually, I think we should all raise our hands because I think we all deal with this. I don't think that there's anyone that's really excluded from it. I experience it as well. So, Lord, right now, we just break the lie of the enemy. We break the lie of the enemy that says we are shame or that we are um, what our temptation is or that we are what we feel. We break that lie in Jesus' name. We release the truth of who you say we are. We are sons and daughters of God, full of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, walking in power and authority, filled with the love of Jesus that breaks every chain, that breaks every curse, that breaks every sickness, that breaks anything that that tries to separate us from you, and that makes everything bow at the feet of Jesus. I just release the wind and the breath of God to blow through the mindsets of people right now, just eradicating the, the voice of shame and the voice of condemnation. I just declare over every person that your yoke, Lord, is easy, your burden is light, and that all heaviness and weariness are broken and gone and lifted off in Jesus' name. For you gave us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The oil of joy for mourning. So we rejoice in your goodness. We set our gaze and our focus on who you are. And we, we just receive all that you have for us. We thank you. We thank you that you've equipped us for every work that you have called us to do. 
We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just ask right now, Lord. You said, seek. You will find, knock. So we knock today, Lord. We're asking for hope. Lord, a fresh infusion of the hope of God. A fresh infusion of your love. Not just a love in our head that we hear about, Lord. We want to experience your love. Lord, take us today from the old mindset that says God can do something to God is doing something today because I know, because I know, because I know, because I know my God. Because I've experienced him. I I experience him every day. I walk with him. I talk with him. He speaks to me. He leads me. He wants good things for me because we have an amazing father, a good, good father. So, Lord, fill us again today with more of your hope, more of your faith, more of your courage, and more of your love. We receive. Just say, I receive. I receive. I receive you, Lord. Give us courage. 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 For I declare that this house is going to be a house of courage. I declare that this house, this house will be known for its strength and fortitude. I declare that this house is a house of people full of faith. And I declare that the people in this house will be known as people who walk with God. I declare that this house will be known as a people who usher in transformation for this city and for this region. And the Lord has said that today. This is who the Lord says you are. He says you are strong and you are courageous. This is who you are. So receive the call and say yes to him. And watch and see what he can do through your life. Watch and see. Amen. In my spirit, I just see in the back wall, it's written, breaker anointing. I believe this house carries a breaker anointing. Um, But I just, there's a charge of the Holy Spirit to not be passive. I, I just, I speak this to you, to every person here into this house. Do not be passive and do not fall into lethargy. God is calling you to be the catalyst that Ty said. There's a breaker anointing on your house, which means that when you step out, even when the stuff is, looks like it's dire, when you step out, there's a breaking that's going to happen in the spirit realm that's going to cause the mountains that are standing in the way to fall. I really believe there's a measure of favor that's been a given that can increase with your yes. As you say yes, there's, it's just going to continue to increase. Same with the breaker anointing. I believe that it, it's, it's there, it's on your house, it's a stamp, it's a mark. But as you step out, it's going to actually increase. And you're going to start to see increases in healing. You're going to start to see increases in reconciliation in families. You're going to start to see increases in influence in government. Because of what's happening here, uh, as you step forward, as people step forward into who they're called to be, there's going to be a breaking up of the ground to make a way for the kingdom 
of glory. So I just release that over you guys in Jesus' name.